December afternoon. How you doing over there? Doing great, man. I like your energy today. You really, you're really high. You know, I, I want to bring something to your attention immediately. The last time that something like this happened, and I looked it up, was June 11th, 1997. It was Game Five of the NBA Finals when uh, Michael Jordan had the flu, or at the time people thought it was the flu. Yet he still performed at the top of his game. I forget how many buckets he put in. Or he put down, but it was it was like a game like nobody had seen. And um, just to draw a comparison, I'm slightly uh, feeling flu symptoms. Oh, not no. not full on, but uh, you know I've been taking care of my wife all week. She had the flu, uh, and I think she gave it to me on her last day. And now here I am, um, loaded up, no antibiotics, no medicine. Uh, I just got a some water over here, and I'm ready to go. Well, good. You're really powering through. Anyways, I just thought the world the world hasn't really seen something like this since 1997. That's 25 years ago. Do you know how many points Michael Jordan had in the famous flu game? I'm guessing like 38. That's exactly right. See, that's that's how on I am today. Michael Jordan dropped 38 points with seven rebounds and five assists in game five of the 1997 NBA finals with the flu with the series tied at two, two Jordan willed himself to perform. The flu game became a major highlight of his career. The shoes he wore even sold for $104,765 in 2013. Jeff, how much do you think we could get for your flu podcast t-shirt that you're wearing right now? Um, I'm, if we can get $16 for it, I will be thrilled. Yeah. And we'd probably have to, and I'll wash it. I'll wash it. I'll make sure that it's not, it doesn't have flu that comes with it. You don't want to wash the greatness out of it. No, but the greatness is, you know, look, look, it's to the clothes where the man and the man where the clothes, I think the greatness comes from within this might like sort of that look good, feel good mentality, but, um, I think I think it's more about wearing it and, and then putting your mentality on. It's kind of the hot boy mindset that we touched on back in the spring. Way back. Way back when. Uh, was what else my, is going that on? That was one of my favorite episodes. The hot, the hot boy, boy. Mind, the hot boy mindset leading up to uh Hot Boy Summer, the the vow to go shirtless on Memorial Day. Which you did. We come, you we've up come a long way in a year. We've come a really long way. In fact, I think this might be like the year anniversary. The last, the first time we did it was in December 21, I think. Yeah, and actually it's a little bit past. I think maybe last weekend was the one year anniversary because I remember hey. when we recorded, when we recorded like our trial run, I was out of town with my dad on a little golf getaway. Yes. And the Facebook memories with some of those pictures popped up. I believe it was last weekend. So we're at like a year and a week since the inception of the big if the number one podcast in Belgium 
Yeah, actually, um, I'm glad you brought Belgium up because I wanted to uh, say thank you to all of our Belgian listeners, as always. And um, I want to you uh, recently as your real self or your other persona, um, namely KG and O-Town, have made a lot of waves in the uh, local radio market recently. Um, I'll, I'll let you, you know, discuss your accolades, but just for us, for the big if. I want to give a great big accolade to listening country of the year, Belgium. Yeah, congratulations, Belgium. You are our uh, listening country of the year. Um, I know a lot of people thought it was going to be the U.S. Uh, because that's where we have most of our listeners. That makes sense. I get it. But the U.S., we've, we've got we everything. We expected the U.S. to step up and listen. We didn't. We didn't necessarily expect what we've gotten out of the Belgian people. That's right. And I don't even think we have all 50 states in the U.S. yet. I mean, we probably don't even have 10. So oh, no. We have way more than 10. Here, I'm going to oh. look at the map right now. I'm just going to rattle off some. We've got Washington, Oregon, California, Nevada, oh, Arizona, what West Coast? Utah, Colorado, Texas, oh Kansas, Nebraska, Missouri, Illinois, Minnesota, Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia, Florida. We have most of the states. We have way more states than we don't have. Okay, okay. I, I take that back then. Um, we have most of the continental U.S. And uh, I don't know. All, all I wanted to say is just I just want to express my gratitude to the country of Belgium for being such major supporters of the Big F. Yeah, it's been huge for us. I'll tell you what, if, if Belgium... Um, it, if you elevate us to the number one podcast in Belgium, we'll come and do a live show from Brussels. Okay. Um, so in our analytics, I'm looking at them now. Um, it ranks uh, the location based on the number of downloads. Um, and, you know, like we said, we expected a lot out of the, out of, out of the United States. Probably, you know, it's no surprise that St. Louis is at the top with uh, 62 uh, downloads leading, leading the pack. Huge, huge. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe we broke double digits. And uh, This is the year we broke double digits. Second place, it says NA, not available. So I don't know what's, <laughs> what city that is, but they... <laughs> that's, that's getting hacked by Russian hackers or something like that. Well, it has a United States flag by it, so it doesn't know the city, but it knows the country. Uh, third place is, it says the city is Sun City Center. I don't Sun know City that, Center. I don't know what that is. Number four oh. is Bo Boardman, B-O-A-R-D-M-A-N. What's up, Boardman? Also in the United States. Number five is Ashburn, also in the United States. Ashburn. Is that a uh, Carolina or is that a West Coast thing? Um, I'm going to, I've heard of that Ashland up. and I've heard of Asheville. Asheville is i believe north carolina um ashland is in oregon when i google ashburn um the first thing that comes up is virginia so perhaps oh. it's virginia virginia then, is for lovers but then in sixth place in the most downloaded location for the big if is uh brussels belgium so thank you brussels thank you thank you thank you brussels um, also, thank you to NA and Sun City Center 
Appreciate you both dialing in too. But Brussels, you take the cake for our listening country of the year. Congratulations. Let's see if you can do it again next year. Danke. And no one can take that away from you guys. You earned it. Yeah, it was truly earned, not given. Yeah. Incredible. Just incredible. Well, um, I think we're off to a rip-roaring start on this episode. Um, I want to draw attention to, uh, well, since like we don't post to YouTube anymore, just uh, to our, all of our audio listeners, uh, my colleague is wearing uh, a San Diego Padres hat right now, and I'm kind of curious, where, where did the um, SD Love come from? Uh, well, recently I, I thought I was in the market for a new hat. I hadn't bought a new hat in a while. I'm a big hat guy, huge hat guy. Huge. And, yeah. And the one that I've been wearing, I wear it to the gym and I wear it in social situations. It's pretty much my hat that I wear all the time. And it, it had seen, it's seen better days. Um, so I just went to buy a new hat and I don't, I don't really know. Cause it's some colors that aren't necessarily, you know, it's the Brown and the yellow, uh, got the SD logo across the front. I, yeah, I do their like, brown and yellow situation is definitely the cooler of their combinations. They're the navy and the sort of like tarnished brass is a terrible combination. Yeah, I do like the classic San Diego Padre uh, uniform. There's a couple of throwbacks that are pretty cool. And they are to me, they're just an exciting young team. They've got Tatis Jr., who I know. Right. I think he's starting the season on suspension. Uh, they traded this year for Giovanni Soto. His name Giovanni. Did I That's get that right. One? That's right. Uh, so that was an exciting trade. I was hoping the Cardinals would maybe do something for him, but that's not the type of move that they typically get involved in. Uh, so I like. No, Soto. but we got a new catcher. We got a new catcher. We did. That's exciting. It's going to be weird seeing a, a Cardinal season without Yachty behind the plate. Definitely, it will. I've my I've got a twelve month calendar uh, in my kitchen right now. My parents, uh, every year for Christmas, I get a, I get the 12-month Cardinals calendar. And usually, by the way, I need to send you all the coupons that come into this thing. Right, tucked there right between June and July, there's like a gold sea book worth of coupons for local local establishments that I just can't use out here. So I should send those to you. But um, all of that, uh, just to come back to what we were talking about, this, mo- this year's theme was uh, a baseball brotherhood. Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright. Yeah, and it was a it was an obvious obvious play for the Cardinals to really capitalize on that from a marketing standpoint. Oh uh, yeah, and Pujols coming back. They the, okay after the strike. What happened with the Cardinals roster? This being like Yadier's last run, Pujols' last go comes back and does the whole seven hundred. Like they had the greatest stroke of luck as far as. Uh, as public relations goes for the sport of baseball in, in the city. Now, look, St. Louis loves its baseball no matter what, right? But as a sport, I think baseball took some knocks uh, from the whole strike. And I know you follow what I'm saying? Absolutely. And I, yeah. I grew up a baseball guy. And even as, you know, I remember in the 2011 playoffs I was lucky enough to get to go to a lot of the home games in that run and play playoff baseball is a little different I suppose just because you're kind of hanging on every pitch but I remember standing out in the standing room only in the right field uh bleacher area and I would keep scoring those playoff games I was a baseball nerd like I really dove into that stuff 
Uh, oh, do you, you had the uh, you were you were marking marking it down and everything. Yeah, like keeping score, knew what the batter did last time, keeping balls and strikes, new pitch counts, really nerdy nerdy stuff. Uh, but over the last handful of years, baseball has kind of slid down for me as far as uh, sports that I enjoy watching both in person and on TV. Um, I, don't, I, I can't watch it on TV anymore. It's almost unwatchable for me on TV. Um, and even in person, I think I've been to, I think I maybe went to one Cardinal game this year. It was for a first date. So went to the game. So really the, the game was kind of secondary in terms of my <laughs> attention span that night, but right. it just, it moves so slow for me. I'm more, I've turned into more of a hockey guy. Um, hockey has the nonstop action. Um, if I what was seats, ranked, what, where did you sit within the stadium uh, for that first state? And did you have good seats or were you, uh, did you take, go to the bleachers? What's going on? First row of the left center field bleachers. Okay. All right. Yeah. So there were probably some people out there with like radios listening to KMOX or something like that while the game's going. Probably. Yeah. Probably some right. of the B-Kids were out there. You see, you see a lot of the St. Louis Cardinal fans really digging into like a good helmet nacho. Oh, great. How good helmet nacho. I wish I could have that during the off season. Um, and one of my favorite things to see at a Cardinal game is uh, one of the B-fibs that has really polished off this 3000 calorie helmet feast. And then what they do <laughs> is they head to the bathroom to uh, wash out the helmet to get all the remnants of the ground beef and the the gallon of sour cream that was put on there and the gobs of nacho cheese. Right. They rinse it off in the sink. They kind of block the little drain of the sink uh, and they take it out of there so they can wear the helmet after they complete the nacho feast. I love it. How many pounds of sour cream do you think have gone down the toilets at Bush Stadium just so some kid could wear the helmet that's that has nacho started in? Per game. It's per really game. It's hard to put a number on that, but but there uh, is a there is a right answer to it. We we may never know, but there is a right answer to that. Absolutely, there is. Um, Do you think the architects of of Bush Three were like, "There's going to be"? They, Do you think they even anticipated the helmet nacho? Do you think they that um, the plumbers in Bush Three are like these fucking helmet nachos are wreaking havoc on the plumbing? I think that if they did not take into consideration. Uh, the helmet nacho remnants and also uh, some of the uh, the mud that some of the fans would spray into the toilets because of the helmet nachos. If they didn't take that into consideration, then it was a major fumble on their part. Huge oversight. Huge oversight. <laughs> well, we can only hope, um, you know, next time that I'm on that tour, uh, I'm going to ask. Are you a ballpark food guy? I like ballpark food, sure. Yeah, you know, I like um, if I go to a game. Usually, well, you what? Usually they start at like seven oh five, right? So you've either rushed to eat beforehand just to get downtown to uh, park, or you eat at the game. And I like to eat at the game. I like to um, I like to kind of go and uh, get one of those huge beers into me, and then I'll go and do a, a big pretzel with cheese. Big pretzel with cheese fan. Okay. Salt or no salt? Um, knock off some of the salt, but yeah, don't take off. Yeah, they really load that up. I mean, that's 
yeah, you're about to have a stroke if you eat pretzels with cheese all the time. Yeah. But I, 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 you know how happy my wife would be if I came, if she came home and I was like, tonight we're having helmet nachos. She would like that. She would love it. I mean, she's not a sour cream person. Neither am I. Maybe that's why we got together. But if she, if I came, if she came home uh, and I had helmet nachos, um, guaranteed. Uh, well, guaranteed. Things things are looking good later on. Is what I'm saying. I challenge you within the next week's time to prepare a helmet nacho feast for you and your bride as an unexpected treat when she gets home from work. Challenge accepted. Do you have helmets or is that something you're going to have to get? I'm going to have to get that, uh, the helmets, but, um, let me ask this. Could like uh, a bowl that we typically don't use would that work as well? Or does this need, it's gotta be a helmet. I think it's gotta be a helmet because otherwise you just have a nacho, <laughs> which really isn't that special. So Maybe I'll look on Amazon and see if I can find a couple of helmets. Let and me I'll see. Sit. Yeah. Or if you, you have, have any that before? you've used or like if your dad has any in the backyard or something, just wash them out and send them my way. Do you have it? Like if I happen to purchase one for you or do you, do you have a team in mind? If, if, if you had your choice of teams, what would you, what would I send you? Uh, well, Cardinals. I would love to eat a, of Cardinals uh, helmets, but um, honestly, it could be like, I don't know, an SIU Carbondale helmet. I don't care. Okay. Well, I'm going to look it up. And uh, if I send you a couple of plastic replica helmets, I would really love to see on your Instagram feed a picture of you and your very classy wife just elbow deep in a couple of helmet nachos. <laughs> okay. We can do this. We can do this. But I can't promise you any sour cream. There's going to be z- a zero sour sour cream situation. And here's here's this also. If you if for some reason you're not able to make that happen in the next week or so, um, maybe I because I I think if, if my memory serves me correct, I'll be seeing you in Corbin uh, here in the next handful of weeks. Yeah, about three weeks. Maybe I will uh, prepare a helmet nacho dinner uh, for you guys <laughs> when you come to my house. Here I, I've I found a couple on Amazon here. Well, first off, that would be lovely. Excuse me. I found one on Amazon. Um, there's an official MLB batting helmet ice cream slash snack bowl. Uh, one of them is, how, how much would you guess one of them is? This is Cardinals branded. It's an official MLB batting helmet ice cream slash snack bowl. Does it look like it's the size of like a little bowl of ice cream or is it like one that would fit on your head? Um... That's a great question. I didn't click through to the dimensions. Uh, one of them, which is the Rawlings, of, hold on. One of them, which is the Rawlings official helmet slash snack bowl, does look like it's kind of um, just a like an ice cream bowl. I don't know if I can yeah. fit that thing in my head. Um, that's probably like twenty bucks for some reason. Which one? The first one I mentioned. Sure. The official MLB. Yeah. $9.99. Ah, okay. And this is official MLB gear sold um, officially through Amazon.com. And uh, one more, just to venture a guess, um, how much do you think the Rawlings official MLB batting helmet ice cream slash snack bowl is? Well, now that you're throwing that Rawlings name on there, I think that yeah. that, that helps it, obviously. Uh 
I'm going to, I'm going to say 18. 39.95. Oh Jesus. You're not getting the official Rawlings. I'm going to get you like a knockoff brand. No, I don't want the Rawlings. Um, I don't, honestly, I, I really don't. Well, I do want it. I do want it. Um, but I'm not, I don't want the Rawlings. Honestly, the Rawlings seems like it's, um, it doesn't seem like the right type of right color of Cardinal red. Maybe it's my screen resolution, but yeah, it's crazy how there's a $30 difference between the MLB batting helmet, ice cream slash snack bowl and the Rawlings official MLB batting helmet, ice cream slash snack bowl. And what's more, the Rawlings version is more highly rated for some reason. Maybe it's just, maybe it's a bigger snack bowl. Okay. Well, I've got my work cut out for me. All right, um, we can move on. Uh, what else is uh, what else is new? Um, I understand that you uh, you have had quite quite the run over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, thing, things are. I'm I'm having some run good, as they would say in the poker world. I'm running good lately. Some run good is that a noun? Um, yeah, I think you can use that as a noun. Got a little run good. It's like a come up, right? Sure. Yeah. I love it. Yes. So I've really made a name for myself recently in the uh, little niche market of uh, local um, HD2 radio social media. Um, I I got to spend a week in studio filling in for one of the hosts of the morning after. Um, ran their social media for that week. Uh, knocked it out the park with some TikToks and some Instagram content. And uh, really just had a, had a really good week in terms of, of working towards this dream job of doing some social media for my ra- favorite radio show the morning after. And then uh, kind of to tie into that, I was also, they did an end of the year awards night uh, a couple nights yes. ago. And yes, they kind of parlayed it into a celebration of life forward um a guy named jay randolph jr who was big in the radio and the golf scene in st louis he was a fill-in member of the morning after he was beloved by the fans um he was known for kind of his adoration of the female foot um (laughs) they often had him in studio on fridays for a little segment called foot fetish friday where he would uh invite a local lass or sometimes a, a famous porn actress who would come in town for an event and he would uh, play with their feet, ask them some fun questions. Jay was just a really, really fun guy. Uh, and he recently passed away with, after a short battle with um, some liver cancer, I believe. So, um, yeah, this event was kind of a, a year-end celebration for the radio show, parlayed with a celebration of life for Jay. Uh, they actually brought in um, former adult actress and current fantasy football, just savant, uh, Lisa Ann, who's become a friend of the show over the years. And she came into town. She hosted the radio show in studio for all three hours on Thursday. And then she was the special guest for the awards night ceremony the other night. And I was off work that day. So I got to go in to shoot some video and some pictures and kind of participate in the show a little bit, which was a lot of fun. Uh, Lisa showed up about 630 that morning. And she's a social media wizard, man. We She right away gave me her phone and we're shooting some video, kind of uh, doing some 
uh, promotion of, of the day and the night that was to come. She's, she knows how to she knows how to work in, in front of a camera. Yeah. So um, I held her phone and we shot some video. Um, and then when I gave her back her phone, she just immediately went in, went into wizardry mode. She's make she's creating generating captions and throwing up some hashtags and putting links on there to our YouTube stream. And um, she kind of she tagged our account in it as like a big collaborator. If? What? The big if? No, no, no. When I say our, I was talking about uh, TMA. Oh, okay. Uh, so she tagged us in it, which immediately, like she has 4.5 million Instagram followers. So that was big for our traffic. And that was many. That's more than that I um, shot with her that morning. I'm looking at it right now on our Instagram feed. And it's at 64,000 views. Wow. So that was good for our traffic. Another little video I shot um, and put some captions up that had her kind of given, given one of the co-hosts a little grief. Um, I think she shared that one too on her story. It has 31,000 views. So just in those, just in those two videos from like that morning. Yeah. We got 95,000 views to our TMA Instagram. So having her in town was, was big for our traffic. Mm -hmm. And you can tell, you can see in the, the new followers that we've that we've garnered since her appearance, you can kind of tell who she directed our way because a lot of them are from India, Pakistan, um, make comments in foreign languages and broken English. So you can kind of see when the Lisa Ann bump is really taking effect. Uh, hmm. I wonder if she can get us uh, a little bit bigger in India and Pakistan. Well, I will say this: she was super complimentary of my work on TikTok. She, she said on the air, super, she was, super. She was probably tell them what they said, what she bit. said. She, she said that I'm her favorite follow on TikTok. Favorite um, follow on TikTok, y'all. Hey, Belgium, get your asses on TikTok. Follow at D'Angelo Hopkins mm-hmm. and see what Lisa Ann is talking about. And she uh, she was lobbying for me to management on the air to hire me, talking about how much of an asset I would be uh, that night at the awards ceremony. She she actually asked me for a picture and we took a picture and she posted a picture of she and I on her Instagram, tagged me in it. Not the show. She tagged me personally in it. And uh, just crazy. What a world. What a world. What a world. Oh my so gosh. I was up. I was up for two awards that night. I was up for multimedia star of the year. Yes. Uh, due, and mostly due to my uh, TikTok work that I did for the show. But I think also some of the work that actually you and I both did uh, with Cassie Moore that provided some fodder for the show uh, kind of helped in my favor as well. So the first award of the night was the multimedia star of the year. Wow. And if you're Look watching at that. Look YouTube, at that which you, you're that probably is, not um, watching on YouTube because we don't really post them on there much anymore. But <laughs> if we happen to post this, you'll see this is the first award. It is the Multimedia Star of the Year Award for 2022. Um, then they gave out some other awards, uh, the Texter of the Year, the Caller of the Year, the Worst Caller of the Year, Rookie of the Year. But then the night ended with the, the big one, uh, the big one, the creme de la creme, the best actor um, kind type of award. And that was the 2020 year. Yeah. The 2022 
TMA Listener of the Year. I was one of four nominees. Um, and I didn't feel as confident about that one because there was some stiff competition in there. Um, but Lisa Ann was the one to announce that. And she came up to the stage and she read the nominees and she read the winner. And it was none other than myself, KG and O-Town. So this is my trophy for the Listener of the Year. And um, clean sweep it all of your nominated categories. I did. I was two for two. I was the only there was about there was a handful of people that were nominated for multiple awards. But I did end the night as the only uh, person to walk out of there with two of these beautiful uh, Banty Rooster trophies. So um, I got up there and I gave a short speech. I uh, didn't want to take up say? too much. Um, I think the first thing I said was something along these lines. I said, you know, if you would have told me at the beginning of 2022 that I was going to make uh, 90 TMA TikToks, and I did the math, they take about an hour and a half each. So I spent about 135 hours uh, making these TikToks. Um, I wouldn't have believed you if you would have told me that I would have started a torrid love affair with a zero time Grammy nominated artist, Cassie Moore. I wouldn't have believed you. Um, but I, I, I said, I appreciate all the love and support that all the listeners have shown me uh, for everything this year. And I just want to finish with one thing. Hashtag hire KG. And the place, ju- the place just went nuts. Brought the house down. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, so then that was kind of the end of the night. And everybody stayed around and hung out drinking a little bit and having a good time. And uh, then um, I found myself sitting at a table kind of by myself, just taking it all in. And I look over at the table next to me and there was a man there um, who is the programming director for Hubbard Radio. And he is basically the The cock of the walk. Yeah, he's basically the gatekeeper on whether or not uh, to, to get hired on. And we kind of caught eyes and then he he kind of looked at me and gave one of these gestures with an open hand, kind of like, come on, come sit down. Emotion you, come here now. Mm-hmm. So I go over and I sit down next to him and um, I said to him, hey, I just want to apologize if people have been badgering you a lot on my behalf. <laughs> After you bring the house down with this hashtag hired KG. Yeah, because uh, Tim, who is Classic. basically, Tim, who is like the point guard of TMA, has been very vocal about uh, wanting to get me hired on. Um, he he feels like uh, they're lacking with their social media presence. He's seen what I can do and the the value that I bring to the station, to the show. And he's been very vocal about lobbying for me to be brought on. Um, Lisa Ann was lobbying for me. So uh, the my name has been in this guy's ear quite a bit. Uh, some of the sales girls... There's only one choice. I made the... TikTok with the KC DJ Learn, who's very popular in that building, that I had kind of been the talk of the building for the last week, which was music to my ears. Um, the sales guy said that? The, a sales girl named Jess, who I've become friendly with over the, the past eight months or so. Um, and this is ad sales? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, I, I, that's a world no, that that's I'm what not they're selling. In. It's ad sales. Yeah, so... She told me that I had been the talk of the office recently, which was great to hear. But Tommy said, uh, no, I, I love I love it, man. 
And we kind of talked about the radio business. And he said something to the effect of, uh, my job is to identify and bring in talent. And I told you off air, my response to him was, well, I want to be one of those talents. I love it. I love it. You did everything right. Yeah. Um, so we talked, we talked a little bit more. Uh, we exchanged phone numbers, which I thought was great. Um, uh, I got introduced yesterday morning to the guys from the Rizzuto show, which is a long time, long running show on 105.7, the point here in St. Louis. It's one of the highest rated show. It's the highest rated show in the market. And there's been a little talk about me potentially not just working for TMA, but maybe also doing some stuff for the Rizzuto show, just as kind of a way to, you know, not just spend money on TMA, but, you know, kind of spread it out throughout other entities within that uh, radio world. So, uh, yeah, it was a phenomenal night, both in terms of just uh, being recognized for the work that I've done for the show and with the show. Um, I had people coming up to me that I didn't even know, like saying, hey, KG, can I get a picture with you? Wow. Which is really just a surreal feeling. I'm sure I understand. I went out to my, uh, to car- I went out to my car to, to have a little smoke. And as I'm getting ready to open my door, I hear this young this young man, he couldn't have been more than like 25 years old. And he comes up and he goes, KG, can I get a selfie? I'm like, sure, man. So he like holds his phone out and we lean in and he takes a selfie of he and I. It's just, it, it's a strange world right now, but I love every second of it. Wow. Oh my gosh. Um, there's one word that comes to mind and that that's clout. Clout, yeah, baby. You got I, I it. Do- I do, uh, I do feel like I've developed a little bit of clout recently. There's been some clout. listening audience. Uh, they want me to be a part of the show. Um, yeah, I've, just, I've, I've worked really hard creating content on their Instagram and trying to drive um, traffic to their YouTube page. I can't see the exact numbers, but I can tell that when I started, um, I think they had 4.1 thousand YouTube subscribers. And since I kind of started putting my footprint on it, I think they're up to like 4.4 or something. So it's not a huge increase, but you know, it's, it, you can see that there's tangible growth. Seven, 8%? In, a, in, in two weeks, you know, that's not, that's not bad, I feel like. And I've seen their Instagram following go up. Uh, you can kind of tell just from the type of content that's been being pushed out on the Instagram, you can tell that um i've i've left a good footprint lately they're tiktok so um i don't just in general in life when something seems to be going well i don't like to acknowledge it because i feel like the moment that i acknowledge it that's when the bottom's just gonna turn south yeah the bottom's gonna fall out so i hesitate to be too positive about this but uh this is the most optimistic i've felt about the prospect of um landing what would be a a pretty damn close to a dream job for me one other thing i do want to say so um anybody that is really really close to me um kind of knows the story of what led to me not being a teacher anymore i'm not gonna Mm -hmm. really not really gonna reveal that we don't need to air that out in the big if yeah it's it's one of those things where if you know you know kind of things so um we'll write a blog about it and then what? only we'll we'll put a blog post on about it and just make sure it's all in Belgian. Yeah, I think I don't know that the non-disclosure agreement um, 
I don't know if it's for Belgium too, or if that's just here in the U.S. So I think if we just release that in Belgium, I might be in the clear. You're probably good. But um, yeah, so I won this Multimedia Star of the Year award, which, as I said, was mainly due to my work on TikTok. And I thank the crowd and the voters for voting for me. And I finished my speech on that one by saying, um, and this award's for you, Ladue School District. If you know, you know. And that was just kind of like my little subtle shot um, at my former employer. Wow. Well, um, it sounds like you're on top right now. And I get what you're saying about the, uh, about feeling like, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to like vocalize it because then it's just going to turn South. Right. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. What I think is you just rose to a new, foothold i'm not even gonna call it a plateau because i don't i don't see you falling from here a foothold that's just going to push you even higher and so there's no you you vocalize it it's okay um because now i know now i know about it now other people know about it half of antarctica knows about it and it's going to be uh it's better to do that i think i'm convinced these days it's better to vocalize it than to sit on it um, if only to make space to breathe, breathe life into this, to make space for these ideas and the success in your life. Um, and I'm not trying to go all motivational coach on you, but I think this is, uh, I think it's fantastic. Don't worry about that. Well, thank you. I appreciate the kind words. Um, and I'm kind of trying to walk that line because everything I've done for them so far has been on a volunteer basis. And I knew that going in, um, so I'm kind of torn, like, do I continue to make this push and continue to work for them uh, pro bono while they try to figure out a way to bring me in? Or do I kind of pull back a little bit and let them see the difference from when I'm doing it versus when I'm not? Because maybe if maybe if they see that, oh, he's not doing that this week, like it'll show my value a little bit more. But then I think like if I keep going and I keep pushing and show persistence and, you know, show you know you know what i'm saying yeah i know what you're saying i think um you've done look you've done enough um just from my perspective you've done enough and that's not to say like drop off now because you enjoy doing this so keep enjoying doing this but i don't think you need to do it at the pace of someone who ought to be you know someone who earns a paycheck doing it yeah Um, because you're going to maybe you might burn out and that could be the worst thing at this. Like I was going to ask about this. Do you think you're going to burn out on social media? Because I I like hate myself for like opening Instagram six times a day. Yeah. And I would be absolutely horrified if I opened up the app that shows you your screen time usage as of late. (laughs) And that's already you don't get that you don't get that alert once every Sunday where it's like your screen time is up 79 percent this week. No, I think I have those turned off, which is good right now. Uh, But I've already noticed kind of that I. I'm a little obsessed with it. I'm a little married to it at the moment. Um, I'm constantly looking to see a post that I'm putting out there doing well. Um, And I don't love feeling like I'm a slave to my phone and to the to my screen. Um, so that's, that's one kind of negative that's come along with 
the new developments in my life, but it almost just feels like it's a necessary evil or collateral damage. That's just kind of part of the part of the deal. Yeah. Um, I know what you're saying. I, I put, I rarely post, um, and I posted twice this week and uh, it was just a story on Instagram. Uh, I completed my first brand video. It's published. I'm really excited about it. Um, one of my best friends out here, he just launched his cider company. I'm really excited about that. I helped contribute to that too. So I posted and, um, about an hour after I posted, I'm sitting, I was like back on like, who's seen it, who's seen it. And I caught myself in the middle of that thinking, I don't, I don't want to be this guy where I'm looking to just see who has seen whatever I put up. You know, is there like, and I, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe that's just what it is now. And that's when it's not like we're turning back. Um, but I don't know. I, something about it made me feel uneasy. Well, I, I heard um, a guy that I follow. Um, he's a bar stool guy. He's a St. Louis guy, but he works for bar stool and he, his main job is uh, pushing out golf content. He's he's a he's the host and basically the head of what's called Foreplay. They do a podcast. They oh, have yeah, a yeah. media presence. Uh, a lot of cool videos they do. They have good relationships with a lot of the guys on the PGA Tour. Um, and I heard him in an interview say something, and I may be butchering it, but I think you'll get the idea. Of, um, I think he said something along the lines of uh, relevancy is currency in that world so you kind of have to stay relevant stay consistent with your posting um it's got to be consistent because uh the way that you sell yourself is with your relevancy and if you fall off your value drops so um yeah i kind of i feel like um if you're trying to build a brand on social media you got to stay consistent you got to stay relevant you got to stay up to the times and you know, I think that's one thing that makes what I'm bringing to the table so valuable because the person that does it now, who's the producer of the show, um, he's you know, producing he gets, the fucking show. He produces the show. Um, he gets there early to, to do uh, links and audio. Then the show goes from seven to 10. And then him and Tim go down the hallway and do a show on a different station from 10 to 11. They also have some podcasts that he's in charge of kind of producing and uh, doing the audio and whatnot for. So sometimes he can't even get to TMA's social media until late in the afternoon. And by that time, the show has been over for five hours and it's kind of, I won't so where's sales, the relevancy? Not, sales, not the right word, but it's dated at that time. So um, I think by bringing me in, it would help them stay more like up to the minute in terms of their post and that, like you said, their relevancy. So um, I think I've got that working in my favor. So again, I'm, I'm optimistic about it. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, it's been a great couple of weeks between, uh, good and my, my awesome trip to Mexico, my week in the studio, my day in studio with Lisa Ann and having her kind of pump my tires a little bit. And then, uh, kind of being the star of the show at the awards night that night, it's been a big couple of weeks. Wow. How do you follow it up? That's a good question. Um, I, you know, and that's kind of the getting hired, I guess. Yeah. I think I joked that the only thing that could have made that night any better the other night is if they had like presented me with like a surprise contract and like a, <laughs> a platinum briefcase or something. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, what was I going to say? Well, we've talked a lot about me. What's the, I don't love, I don't love that. What's going on in your world? What are you excited about? You mentioned your first, uh, video for the cider. I watched it. Great footage. You're doing a great job. What, what else, what else is going on for you? Um, so last night I, um, you know, I've been doing, I've, I've been, uh, abstaining from everything, you know, for the last uh, couple weeks, which is great, except for Fridays, which is like, you know, I'm going to enjoy myself a little bit and uh, just to have a break. So um, I smoked a bowl and uh, my wife and I got Indian food. Okay. I've never had it even once. Okay. There's some great stuff going on here. Um, I don't know if, you know what, I'm, this is like the only Indian place I've actually really been to. Um, so we, we, we ordered takeout, brought it home and I had two dishes and feeling great, right? Feel, feeling loose. We're watching a show. Uh, we're doing like husband and wife stuff. It feels nice. Well, okay. um, you know, the bowl I smoked earlier is going, Hey, you're still hungry, buddy. And so about an hour later, I went back for a third dish of Indian, um, which was delicious. It was wonderful. The garlic naan, everything was great. And then like half an hour later, I found myself opening a bag of chocolate chips. So now I'm loading chocolate chips down over the Indian food within my stomach. And I'm still feeling just on top of the world. Um, We're a few episodes further down the line of 1883, which is a pretty good show. And uh, I decided my stomach decides, why don't you go get some chips? So I went over and got these chips. Uh, they're these kettle chips, honey Dijon. Emptied the bag. You know, don't get me wrong. It was like a half-eaten, like, subway-sized bag. Um, so emptied that bag. Um, and then um, just for good measure, threw in a few extra chocolate chips on top of that. Yeah, wash uh, it down. We got to wash it down, right? And then truly to wash everything down, this is around 1030 now. Um, I've been constantly, I've been eating like, I've been munching for, I don't know, three hours on and off. And I'm like, you know what would really cap this off? Eggnog. So I pour a glass of eggnog and after I pour the full glass of eggnog, I tip up the carton into my mouth. And I've got this eggnog just flowing down my throat. And then I go down, mm-hmm. sit Keep down, on the TV, crush that egg, that thing of eggnog. And right before I passed out, which I definitely did on the couch, I thought to myself, wow, Jeff, you just, you just wolfed down three plates of Indian food, lots of chocolate chips, half a bag of chips, a bag of potato chips. And then wrapped it up with like seven big gulps of eggnog. How do you feel about yourself? And nothing good came to mind. So I uh, I took a couple Pepto Bismol, went to bed, and then um, my bedroom woke. I woke up. The bedroom did not smell great, and I'm probably I'm pretty sure it all was emanating from me. I like to wonder sometimes if a certain scenario or a 
certain phrase that is said is the first time that it's ever been said or done in the history of the world. Right. Um, as we discussed in our last episode, I, I love do that. Truly, I love that thought. I truly believe that we are the only podcast in history to have Shubham Goyle, Chris Sapphire, and Cassie Moron in a really short and, space. And Daniel Wild in the same year. Yeah, I think that it's safe to say that that's the only time that uh, trifecta or quadfecta has been hit. Here's my question to you. Do you believe that you are the first person to uh, have the combination of Indian food, chocolate chips, potato chips, and eggnog? Do you think that's the first time that's been done, or has someone else had that combination before? Are you a, are you a trailblazer? I, I, this is the first time in my life that I've crossed that finish line. Yeah. But something tells me there's some other idiot out there, whether he had had been smoking a ball or not. And he, he or she went through that combination and they probably felt exactly like I did this morning. Just a big sack of shit. And, uh, yeah, it was, I don't think I'm the first, I don't think I'm the first and I, but I do hope I'm the last. When was this? When did you, when did you do this? This was, um, approximately 18 hours ago. Okay. Um, yeah, that, you know, uh, it's, it's how you bounce back though, I think is what's key. So I don't want you to do right. on last night. Get knocked down nine times, get up ten, right? Yeah. So it's not. It's not. Did you? It's not. Did you have Indian food, chocolate chips, potato chips, and eggnog? It's how do you come back from the Indian food, chocolate chip, potato chip, eggnog situation? And I think how you how you come back from this is really going to show who you are. It's going to show your metal. It's going to show your your want to and your moxie and your guile. so I don't want you to fret on the past. I want you to focus on, on the current, on the present state, and also on the future. So I'm, I'll be interested to see how you grow from this, because I think this is a, a teaching moment, possibly. This is a teaching moment. I, I, lo- that is, I feel like um, I just walked out of like Jimmy Valvano and his greatest uh, halftime speech right there. I'm hyped up after what you just said. Guile? Nobody uses guile. That's fantastic. And moxie. Um, but I, and moxie. I love that word, moxie. Um, but I agree. You're right. It, it's always how you respond, right? That's that's the true uh, measure of someone's character. It's how you respond. Yeah. Um, I want to play a quick game with you, real quick. Okay. Um, and it is uh, a game I like to play. It's been a while since we've done it, but I'm going to give you a couple of celebrities. And I want you to tell me uh, who you think has the higher net worth. I love the celebrity net worth game. Oh, okay. We're going back to celebrity net worth. Yeah, sometimes you go back to your roots. And, um, you know, we've been a reality TV podcast. We've been a hypothetical what if podcast. We've been a drink review podcast. We're, We're very versatile. But I think at our core, one of the things that we, one of our pillars is Social celebrity. Media. Yes. 
So here, I got two celebrities for you. And you can give me what you think each of their worth is, which will also tell me who you think is worth more. So um, the first celebrity that I'm going to give you is uh, famous probably most for playing Dawson Leary on Dawson's Creek, uh, James Vanderbeek. James Vanderbeek. James Vanderbeek. Uh, what would you what would you guess that uh, Dawson Leary uh, his net worth is at this point? He's forty five years old. Mm-hmm. He's probably ha- he's probably got residuals coming his way from Dawson's Creek. Yeah, but I don't know how much those are. Um, I'm guessing James Vanderbeek is worth twenty three million dollars. Okay. Um, and my other one that I picked, and these just, I, I don't know how I landed on these names. I, did, I didn't prep this. I did it as you were, we were talking about your Indian food situation. My other celebrity for you is uh, Fred Savage. Are you familiar with Fred Savage? Oh, yeah. Oh, I bet he's worth, um, oh my gosh, I bet he's worth like for, for Just before we say it, uh, Fred Savage he was best known for his role as Kevin Arnold on the yep. Wonder Years from 1988 yep. to 1993. Um, he's made a lot of money outside of his acting in the uh, directing and producing world. Yeah, he's um, a big producer. That's why I think he's worth much more than James Vanderbeek. Okay, I'm guessing. Uh, I'm guessing closer to like 78, 80 million. Fred Savage. All right, I'm going to tell you first of all that you you overshot by a by a pretty good margin on both of them. Okay, well you're welcome, gentlemen. But go ahead. So uh, James Vanderbeek, according to uh, CelebrityNetWorth.com, is worth eight million. Eight million. All right. For Dawson Leary and Kevin Arnold. That's great. Kevin Arnold uh, from the Wonder Years, Fred Savage is thirty million. So you were right; he is worth significantly more. You just kind of overinflated both of their numbers. Fuck me. Uh, well, I hope I I don't know what they're doing these days, but uh, didn't Fred Savage get? Wasn't he um, uh, recently like a Me Too candidate? By candidate, do you mean somebody that got me tooed? Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm seeing a story from August of this year that said Fred Savage was accused of forcing himself on ex Wonder Years crew member in a bar bathroom. How much of his $30 million do you think it took to settle that suit? Um, I mean, he denied, from what I can tell, he denied these claims. I'm not seeing anything about a settlement. I'm looking right now, trying to kind of scan it in a timely fashion. Um, I, it says on May 6th of this year, he was fired as executive producer and director of the Wonder Years Reboot. Um, after an investigation into alleged misappropriation or uh, inappropriate conduct, but at least on this Wikipedia page, it does not say that there was any sort of lawsuit or settlement. But 
Uh, everything I'm seeing said he vehemently denies the claims. Mm. All right, Fred. Well, um, you're innocent until proven guilty, and I have nothing on here that shows that he. Yeah, in the court of law, but in the court of public opinion, come on, you're guilty. If someone thinks we're like, yeah, I can see Fred Savage doing that, then you're guilty. Well, here, and that, here's what I want. That's do. tough. That's the tough. Fred, reality. I want to give you this this forum to come talk to uh, the Sun City Center and also Brussels, Belgium, in a um, and St. Louis. And I know my parents are listening in Arnold. Um, if you want to come on here and uh, make your official statement regarding these allegations from months ago. Um, just email us at thebigifpod at gmail.com. We'd love to have you tell your side of the story. Fred, that's an open invitation. Um, I, I'm not sure it gets any more open than that. Um, and by the way, if there's anybody that you've produced movies for that also wants to come on, we would love to have pretty much anybody on this podcast of repute. Is that safe to say? Are we, we're a pretty open podcast. We have never turned down a guest that was willing to come on our show. <laughs> We've just somehow randomly gotten three um, somewhat influential people to come on the show. But yeah, we, you're right. We've never turned down a guest, have we? No. Uh, we're batting a thousand <laughs> on guest acceptance. We're the Viani High School of uh, podcasts. 100% acceptance rate. Um <laughs> But we have been rejected. I, I'm reminded sometimes when I go to my Instagram DMs that uh, we're not batting a thousand on landing the guest per se. Um, nobody's ever said no, but many times we have been just completely ignored. I'm thinking about Joey, honestly. What do you do? You think Joey Fatone would come on? <laughs> what do you think his net worth is? He's done some interesting things since NSYNC. Oh, I bet he's way more than thirty million. You think? Give me a because prediction. Because he's done like uh, I'm going uh, forty million. I'm gonna say because he's done all those. He did all this in sync money, right? Yeah, and he's done some like singing shows and stuff. <laughs> yeah, the voice and shit like that. Uh, I'm gonna. What did you say you thought it was? I said forty, and I'm overshooting, so it's probably like twelve. I'm gonna say eighteen. Okay. All right. Let me look here. seven <laughs> joey where you know what i heard a, a story i feel like this is weird that it's coming back to me but i heard a story i'm gonna fuck this up when i was in florida and it was right before like hurricane matthew i was there for a business trip and i went to this cigar shop and this guy was talking about how joey fatone would come into that cigar shop and um invite people back to party or something you know i I don't mean to besmirch uh, Joey Fatone's name. Yeah, be I just careful heard, here. Yeah, yeah. I got to be careful. There's a lot of we, – we, we hold a lot of influence. About to hold more when we, when we have a true radio star uh, as a co-host. You know what? I, uh, I wonder – and I was, I'm just thinking out loud here. She is an incredible, like, mega star. But – I developed a relationship with her this week. I do have her contact information. There you go. It is not outside of the realm of possibility that at some point we could have Lisa Ann join us. That's not out of that's not out of play. 
that would be wonderful. We wouldn't say no. <laughs> we have a track record for not saying no. To any any semi-celebrities or people who are just like influencers within their own community yeah. who are listening, we don't really say no. So if you want a platform to spout your shit, come on to the Big If. We you don't get any free ads out, but we don't say no to people. I'll tell you one person who I absolutely will say no to. Who? Vicky Hartzler. Oh, don't even get me started on Vicky Hartzler. You turned me on to that earlier this week. And when you told me about it, I did not, uh, I did not look into it at all. I just, you know, I believed you. I just didn't want to see it. And then sure enough, it pops up in my Twitter feed and I watched her on Capitol Hill or something. I sent you the link. What a, what, just a raging cunt. If Vicki Hartzler thinks that she can have some sort of safe harbor on this show, she is off of her ass. Um, I think she is a fantastic cunt. You're exactly right. And actually, the tweet that I saw was actually her nephew. Her nephew. Yeah. Did you watch that? Yeah. Oh, this kid. All right. At first, I was going to. All right. I know that like Kellyanne Conway's daughter uh, was also like she was big on social and she'd be like, my mom's doing this. But she did it for like clout. Right. This kid. Actually, seems like he's got a, a real head on his shoulders. Yeah. Um, nice. He wasn't doing it to be like, <coughs> oh, yeah, the, look, you know, look at my pain or something. He was just being like, oh, she used to be normal. And now I, I, this just isn't healthy. <laughs> and you're like, damn, this kid has got it right. And, um, and props, yeah. to him, prop, props to him for just <laughs> going against the family and stay, staying true to himself. Fuck that lady. Fuck you, Vicky Hartzler. We try not to get political on here, but this this is bigger than this politics. Is, yeah, this is um, – well, it hits close to home too, right? Isn't she like the Boone County representative or um, she's yeah. – what district is that? I don't understand uh, I thought – I wanted to say maybe fourth district, but I don't quote me on that. I'm going to try to look it up here real quick. Uh, Vicki Hartzler is – an American politician serving as the U.S. representative for Missouri's fourth conditional district since 2011. Since oh, 2011? Here's a, here's a surprise. She's a member of the Republican Party. Oh, yeah. Big, big surprise. She served. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. She sucks. Fuck her. Fuck you, Vicki Hartzler. Uh, if, if you actually, you know what? I would love for you to come on to the podcast just so we can. Just so we can motherfuck you to your face. Yeah, we didn't want to do any sort of ambush on like Cassie and shit. We were too nice for that. But if Vicky came on, I would ambush the fuck out of her. I think a good job for Vicky Hartzler would be cleaning up after all of the helmet nachos at Bush Stadium. <laughs> As punishment for her, her just shitty life. Just being a shitty person, yeah. I I am down to start the grassroots campaign and start a... Uh, to unseat her? To make her have to do the nacho thing. <laughs> I think it's interesting. Um, it, and you know what? We're not a political con. We're not a political podcast. No. Um, no. All right. Well... Should we end it there? Or what, is there a happier note that we could? Yeah, we I was going to say, let's end, let's end on a positive note. I, 
I spoke about some positivity that I had going on. So I don't want to hog hog the episode. What's tell me, give me, tell me something good. As Shaka Khan said, tell me something good, Jeff. What's good for you, buddy? Um, things are good. Things are generally good. Um, it's been a, you know, it's been kind of a, I feel like a lost week because most of it, um, I was just worried about my wife who just got over the flu. So um, I haven't really gotten a ton of stuff done. And usually I measure goodness by what I can make that week. Last week was tremendous. Um, I got my my first brand video published, like I mentioned earlier, which was huge um, for my business. Uh, my um, friends, again, who I, I did some work for their cider brand, um, launched their stuff. Um, I am now a licensed drone pilot. Fuck yeah. Did I tell you that? I think I told you that. You told me you were working towards that. I don't know if I last I heard you had officially become one, but yeah, I, uh, I have my printout certificate just waiting on them to actually send the real certificate. But, um, yeah, I am officially licensed by the FAA to, Fly unmanned aircraft up to 55 pounds. Congratulations, sir. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. I studied hard for that. Um, yeah, I'm excited about that one. Uh, hopefully, it'll be good for my business. and I think it will. I think I'm heading into, like, as far as just the cycle of my community here in Napa, I think we're heading into sort of the down season of a lot of stuff. But as soon as those uh, grapevines start to pop again... I fully plan on being busy with video work. So I just got to figure that out and um, I'm going to be good. And in the meantime, I have, it's all been Christmas shopping and um, business stuff. I feel like a, an adult that's just working day to day here, but I'm working towards something that I asked for, which is exciting. Um, yeah. Where does where do you stand on the Christmas Amazon wish list for your uh, nieces and or nephews? Yeah. We touched on that last episode. Uh, yeah. you had, you had some mixed emotions on that. Where does that stand? I'm still boycotting the Amazon wish list for my nieces and nephews. Uh, instead, I got I don't my nephew is not a listener of the Big If. I don't think many four year olds are. Um, so I'm just going to say I got him something I saw on Instagram. It's like this little ball, little yellow ball that pukes goo and then sucks it back up. And I thought it was entertaining. So we'll see if he does too. And, um, trying to think, you know, I had, look, I have purchased on Amazon this gifting season, but I'm not going to people's wish lists. Um, I'm going off list. I respect that. Yeah, although I I don't have anything yet for I was so all right so I um my brother's family uh, just purchased a, a vacation house in near Branson right near Table Rock okay and um, they're super stoked on it like they're spending time down there uh, my brother's you know redoing this interior it's gonna look great and I know that uh, they had like a Silver Dollar City pass this past summer so I thought to myself. Oh, what if I could get them each passes to Dolly Parton's Dixie Stampede? Okay. Which is a no-brainer for me. Um, 
so I mentioned it to my wife and she's like, yeah, yeah, okay. And then she looked up the prices for it. And last night she came with me to pick up that Indian food. And right before I walk in, she goes, can we talk about this Dolly Parton's Dixie Stampede thing? Um, Cause I'm not sure it's the, are, are we going to Branson to be there with them? Like, are we asking the parents to pay for adult tickets? And she kind of reasoned me out of it, which I got to say kind of stung a little bit because I really uh, I was really excited about giving the gift of Dolly Parton's Dixie Stampede. Was it a price issue? Kind of. Um, look, children, there's four of them. Children's tickets are 50 bucks a pop. Yeah. Which I was like, OK, you know what? I'll do that for my niece. That's fine. Um, but again, we're not the ones that are going to accompany them to this. So you'd feel bad being like, all right, I'm going to buy you tickets, but not now like my brother and sister-in-law have to buy tickets just to go with them. And adult tickets are like 75 bucks a pop. Now you're looking, all right, well, this is like 300 something dollars. Um, uh, allow, yeah. Allow me to play devil's advocate for one moment. Okay. I love her to death. But this is the same girl who was looking to bid how much on a bottle of charity wine? <laughs> yeah, two hundred thousand dollars. But I, this... I, you know what? Same thought crossed my head. <laughs> but as a married man who's growing wiser and wiser, I really bit my lip on that one. Yeah, that I was, was about to be like, we're about to spend like sixty-five dollars on dinner. Like you're worried about uh about this. Yeah. So, yeah, I the the irony was not lost on me. And as a formerly married man, I I understand your point of view completely. It would not have been in your best interest to refute with that particular scenario, but uh it's something that needs to be, you know, at least considered on your end. And I, I you may not be able to do anything or act on it, but I'm glad that it was not and I knew it wouldn't be. You're a smart guy, but I just I had to say something. I'm not really Okay. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. Uh, the thought crossed my mind, but uh, yeah, just out of my own, just for my own uh, security, I decided against it. I'll tell you what, I'm looking at myself here in the camera. I'm going to get a haircut before our next recording. Yeah? I feel a little bit shaggy, my friend. You know who, uh, you know who I noticed recently viewed our uh, TikTok profile that's not super active anymore? Who? I think your sister. Oh, she reviewed the big if? I believe so. Because for some reason on the big if TikTok and also on the TMA one, but I not on my personal one, uh, you can see who has at least gone and viewed your profile. And it was either your sister. What's your, what's your sister-in-law's name? Liz. Who do you think is more likely to have viewed our TikTok profile, your sister or sister-in-law? Because now I'm, I'm having sister. trouble. I think it was your sister. Probably my sister. Um, and I won't, I'm not going to name names on the podcast, uh, but just due to her sister-in-law's connection to us. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. That, there's probably more, she probably gets exposure somehow through that if if she gets exposure at all i don't no one's ever said anything to me about it in the family i don't i hope i almost hope my family isn't listening i guess well i don't know what does it matter i uh 
Amber came and picked up food from Sugar Fire a week or two ago, and I ran it out to her car. And she has one of those in dash screens that like has like logos and shit of whatever you're listening to. And I saw the big if logo (laughs) and I don't know if she was current. I don't know if she was currently listening or if it was just like in the rotation, but I think, Oh yeah. I thanked her for, uh, for listening. So thank you for your patronage, Amber. And I do believe, I think my parents listen. I had a couple people at work that I now have listened from time to time. So do you, would you be ashamed or embarrassed or feel any negative kind of way if your mom or dad was listening to this? Probably. Um, just because I have uh, a self image of who I am in front of my parents. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily match up with the uh, loose self image or loose, um, very uh, unguarded conversation that I have with you. I recently, in the last like year or so, I have found that I've become more comfortable being as close to my true self as possible. Right. That's, uh, that's wonderful. In front of my parents at work, yes. there's not in front of Amber, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of scenarios where I really hide much about myself anymore. And that's, that's actually kind of a, a liberating feeling. That's huge. That's huge. I think, I think obviously I couldn't be my full true self when I was a teacher and that's understandable. Right. Um, you know, as, as marijuana has become, as you know, we're damn near it's here. recreational there. In yeah. Um, my parents don't really seem to care about that. In fact, I was telling my dad a story yesterday. I was saying, yeah, I was going out to my car to smoke and da, 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 da. And a couple of years ago, I would have never said that in front of them. And it, there's, it's, it's nice to not feel like I have to hide a whole lot about who I am anymore. Uh, yeah, that's fantastic. It's... I'm open with the spitting thing, pretty much. I, I said that on a, when I was in when I was guest hosting uh, the Pepper and Genie podcast. Um, I don't oh, know. Yeah, I need people, to listen to that. I don't know how many people listen to it, but in one episode, I talked about the the kink that I have of wanting somebody to spit in my mouth. So I right. I don't know how many people listen. Actually, the other night at the uh, at the awards night, when I was walking out to my car, I hear somebody yell my name. And there's this lady who I've gotten to know a little bit through some of these events and uh, she's aware of the kink and she calls, <laughs> she calls me over to her car. She was sitting in her car smoking and she goes, have you found anybody to spit in your mouth yet? So, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So yeah. Wild. Wild world. Wild 20, world. I, I would few- love it for someone to come out for just to be walking along downtown Napa and for someone to be like, does anyone in Belgium uh, said anything to you yet? <laughs> I, I would love, and I would be so taken aback by it too, that yeah. some sort of reputation precedes me. Yeah, it is an interesting thing. And again, TMA is kind of a niche, like cult following, but I've, I've made a little bit of a name for myself in that world. And deep down, I do love that because I am a little bit of an attention whore at heart. But to have, to have a person call you over and ask if you've had one of your main kinks fulfilled is, uh, an, inter- <laughs> is an interesting development in life. And I, 
I am not hesitant to say that all things considered, 2022 has been one of the best years of my freaking life, man. That's fantastic. That's great to say. Got I'm healthy. aiming for 2023 to be to be that for me. I'm rooting for you, and I'd like to I'd like to best 2022 in my 2023. Maybe we can do it together. But I just look. I've I've gotten healthy. I've uh, started a, an award winning podcast. I've made some things happen. In, award winning. Yeah, the big gifts. It was voted the best podcast in the world. I think I heard. <laughs> We, I mean, we gave an award today. We're an award-giving <laughs> podcast. How about that? <laughs> that's how we should market ourselves. That's, how, that's pretty good. Fuck that's the award-winning. We're an award-giving podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's been a big year. Uh, everything's coming up D'Angelo lately, and I, I want to keep it that way. Everything's coming up Luther here soon. Hell yeah. Uh, 2023, the year of Luther. Here we go. Uh, all right, let's let's wrap it up right there. Yeah, um, I want to thank everybody, all of our listeners: Brian, Jeannie, um, Amber, uh, Lisa, Cassie, Belgium, and uh, Na. Na, yeah, Na. Thank you, especially Na. Okay, uh, happy holidays, if, and uh, uh, we'll see you again soon on the Big If. And we're gonna have a live episode soon, hopefully. That's right. And if it's not live, um, you'll hear it live. You'll hear it um, like it'll be you'll be alive when you're hearing it. Uh, Yeah, that's not the right word. It won't be broadcast live, but we're going to have you and I will be live together and in person. There you go. In person episode. Everyone's been talking about it, waiting for it. The message boards are blowing up. Um, Hit us up at thebigifpod.com. We do not say no to any guests except you, Vicky Hartzler. Fuck you.